Welcome to our very special first episode in Halloween Week movie series. So, for this episode, we decided to watch Interview with Vampire. It's a 1994 movie starring Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, and a whole bunch of other celebrities that we're going to get into later. Lucinda, do you want to tell us what it's about? Yeah, sure. So, um, Brad Pitt, also known as Louis in the movie, is, like, this guy who is, like, lost hope because his wife um, died in childbirth, and so he is, like, kind of, like, contemplating suicide, and then he meets this vampire called Gestat. Is it not Gestat? <laughs> it's, it's Lestat. <laughs> it's Lestat, yeah. It's Lestat. <laughs> he gave me Jean Valjean. Well, okay, I'll, I'll save it for later. Um, <laughs> but he meets Lestat, and Lestat is a vampire. Lestat bites Louis, and they have this, like, um, long plot line of sexual tension and vampiriness and um you know the ends of the vampire spectrum Lestat is very much like let's kill lots of people and Louis is very much like killing is wrong though um so that's basically how the movie progresses I think listen has a different summary than I would give okay wait so Alicia summarizes it so that we get two different perspectives on what the movie was <laughs> yeah, I thought so it was mostly just um sexual tension between Brad Pitt and <laughs> the the one who's in Scientology. Tom Cruise. That's <laughs> the one. Um so this movie is based off of an Anne Rice book of the same name. And if you don't know her, she's a very famous author. You can look her up later. So this guy played by Christian Slater he interviews Brad Pitt. I'm going to call them that because that's what you know them as. And he interviews Brad Pitt, a 200-year-old vampire. And Brad Pitt basically goes over his life story, how he became a vampire. And his turmoil, inner, his moral dilemma about being a vampire. Because the vampires in this movie are not sparkly twilight you know, in love with humans type Think vampires. Castlevania, death and destruction. Yeah, these are actual scary vampires. If you didn't know before Twilight and before a lot of modern adaptations, vampires were actually scary. Well, like so they were the, terrifying. Are the vampires in Twilight not scary? Do they not kill people? No, they sparkle in the sun and kiss people. Wait, what? I did what? Why are people obsessed with Twilight if there's no death? Love triangles. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what sells. Not gore and murder. That's That depresses me. I thought I'm sorry if that surprised place. you. Okay. Well, um, I think this movie does a really good job with horror elements and psychological elements. A lot of people... It opened... It did moderately well, but it was not a blockbuster hit. Um, When it came out, a lot of people had already read the book, so they were kind of let down by the movie because obviously you can't cover a whole book in a movie. And I think that's there's no movie adaptation that's going to 100% satisfy a book's needs. But I watched this with my mom, and she had previously read the book as well. And obviously it's been 25 years since she first watched the movie, But looking back on it, she really enjoyed it this time. 
Because if you look at it separately from the book, it's an objectively good movie. Yeah. And to describe the characters from anyone who has an identical pop culture perspective to mine, Christian Slater is JD from Heathers, but like as an adult, which is really weird. Um, he's not murdering people, though. He's not going around like with yeah, bombs trapped he's in. He's non-murderous. <laughs> um, Brad Pitt is the hot one from uh, Fight Club. And then um, Tom Cruise is the Scientologist. I think people might know Tom Cruise from other movies like Mission Impossible and Top Gun, but... I don't watch Tom Cruise action movies. More on that, I actually haven't seen any movies with young Brad Pitt or young Tom Cruise. I was just never into... I never got into 90s movies. I've watched a lot of 80s and 70s and even like 40s movies, but never watched the 90s movies. So this was very interesting for me to see them young. Two interesting things about um, Tom Cruise is on in this movie is this is his first villain. This is the first villain that he portrays, um, which apparently like he did a lot of work for. And then on the Scientologist note, which I apparently am obsessed with, um, they actually took a lot of time like finding the people to play the characters in this movie. Um, so between when they bought the rights and made the movie, they also considered John Travolta for um, Lishat. So you, I'm so glad cool. they didn't. Yeah. Uh, I can talk more about the cast. So this was a breakthrough role kind of for some of the uh, castmates. So there was... Let me just read off the cast list because it's super stacked and a lot of you guys will recognize this and be like, how did they get so many good people in one movie? And the answer is they weren't all famous at the time. Yeah. This was basically a movie to get Brad Pitt in the running for a leading man. So, yeah, it's before Fight Club. Uh, here we go. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Kirsten Dunst. Kirsten Dunst, she's a big part of this movie. This was her breakthrough role. She was only 12, 11 probably when they filmed it, but she does a really good job standing against older, more experienced actors. She definitely is a standout role here. Definitely. This was kind of, I think, like her first big role. And Christian Slater, Antonio Banderas. Yes! (laughs) I forgot he was in the cast until halfway through the movie and I was like oh my god yeah he just kind of appears um he's like (laughs) the second um gay yearning character and so we were just like not expecting him he's not a central character and then he's just like oh and now there's Antonio Banderas and there's more gay yearning I yeah okay (laughs) so Thandi Newton is also in this I didn't recognize her at first but um now I totally see it and those are m- most of the people that you guys would recognize, but still pretty impressive. About Antonio Banderas, okay, so I know him from Spy Kids and stuff like that, but I totally got him as a vampire in this because I had seen him perform Phantom of the Opera at Andrew Lloyd Webber's, um, one of his anniversary things, and yeah. he totally had that kind of you know je ne sais quoi the vampire yeah like the the very focused drawing you to him i mean he's type like attitude melancholic but magnetism maybe is what you're yes saying. magnetism yeah. would be a good word so in general 
with the plot of the movie, I think my biggest thing was just that, like, every time that Louis makes a decision, it ends up with him setting something on fire and then running away. Um, <laughs> like, this happens three times throughout the movie. He can't help it, though. Here's a disclaimer. We're going to try not to spoil it so oh. you guys can go watch this on your own time. Yeah, I guess that wasn't a spoiler. If it seems like he's approaching a decision, he may be about to set something on fire and then run away. <laughs> let's talk Let's talk about the movie in like a overall sense, not like specific plot details. So what okay. did you think about it? What did you think about the movie overall? Honestly, if I could change one thing, and I know it's like based on a famous novel, so obviously this couldn't be like a change that they could make but I want another thing that is this to exist which is that like it's felt so Shakespearean with like the vampires and like it's um set a lot in like France or New Orleans so there's like a lot of French clothing and like French vibes and it just felt like it should be like Shakespeare it felt like it should all be poetry it's felt weird when they just said normal things that weren't poetic because a lot of the time they're being like super over dramatic because they're vampires so it felt really wrong that they weren't rhyming that was my my overall general I wish that there was a vampire movie set in 17th century 18th century France where they're just constantly rhyming things I actually thought it was good because they took the screenplay directly from the book. So it sounded very poetic at times. A lot of the lines that Claudia said, especially. Yeah. Because it made her sound older than she's an eight-year-old in the book, but a 12-year-old girl in the movie. So it really embodied her as that character. Yeah. And on that, like Claudia, because vampires never grow old. She starts out as like 12 or 13, but then she like is a vampire for 30 years. So uh, I feel like it takes a lot for Kirsten Dunst to sort of like play an older old person locked in a child or like a mature woman locked in a child's body. Exactly. And it was done well, I think. You mentioned the clothing and stuff. I really liked how they designed the set and stuff. It felt very atmospheric because they have to go through a ton of different time periods and they handled that really well. It was very, it was extremely moody. This was probably one of the moodiest movies I've experienced and vampires a lot of time, you have to have that. So I've never experienced vampires that rich. They can't be non-angsty vampires. It's just not, it doesn't work it immediately becomes terrible. Yeah, like, the lighting is dark a lot of the time, but you can still see stuff. Yeah. Which is very important. Yeah. Game of Thrones writers take notes. (laughs) I wish. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know, when you shoot something at night, but, like, things are still visible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. My other general note would just be, like, It was weird to see Brad Pitt in, like, a really passive role because, like, he's the main character. Louis is the main character, but, like, um, Lestat is kind of the central role. Like, his personality sort of, like, takes over most of the story and it's, like, the most, I don't know, I'm just going to use magnetic again. (laughs) Like, he's the most crazy character. He's the one that stands out and, like, Louis is just sort of, like, in the background 
making passive decisions and setting things on fire. And it was weird to see Brad Pitt just be a passive character. Yeah, but that doesn't bring down his role at all. Like, I still really enjoyed that character. I enjoyed all of the characters. I thought they had something to bring to the story. I felt like they moved through the story very well because of how they introduced characters at certain times. And I'm sure that the actual book helped them with that, but it translated well. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I had one or two, one problem. So like my thing was just like, first of all, he is a plantation owner because it starts in like the set 1700s. So mm-hmm. there are plantations and it's in New Orleans. Um, but like, there's this scene where he has like a house servant who's a slave and she's like is worried about his health and like worried like she's like all the slaves are worried about you and I'm just like that seems really unrealistic and then she like makes like sexual advances on him and that also seemed like kind of uh cringy (laughs) because like it seemed kind of like a white male fantasy of like a female um house slave like you know, making sexual advances on the white owner. So I don't know about that. I thought that was weird too, but they didn't, I don't know. I just feel like, and maybe this is not, it's obviously still not a good thing, but I've yeah. just seen it done some worse in other movies. So yeah. it wasn't as shocking to me. Yeah, it was minor in relation to what the majority of the movie was. And also, like, you know, 1994. But um, that was, like, my only nitpickiness with the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really liked how they got into the vampire powers. Yeah. That was That's, done well. Yeah, that goes back to, like, the scary versus sparkly vampires. They did a good job picking and choosing the scary aspects and the sparkly aspects. Like, the vampires, they really emphasize them being beautiful and powerful. So Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise, obviously, they're at their peak attractiveness, and they have, <laughs> like, the most makeup and fancy clothes or whatever. But they also have these special powers, and they show them they show quite a lot of blood. It's a little bit gory, so if you aren't a fan of that stuff, I, like, I'm not. I can't handle that stuff, but you can just look away. Yeah. Uh, I thought, especially, you would enjoy, um, they introduce, when they introduce the, like, vampire, um, like, play, like, the... Oh, my God, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you would as a theater kid. The vampires, they go to France. Theater yes. fan, not theater yes. kid. Okay, a theater fan. <laughs> yeah, there's a distinction. I really did like that part, and they had the organ going too, so it's more atmospheric. It screamed Alicia to me. Okay, kind of on that, Lou. I do have vampire projects planned in the back of my mind, and this very much reminded me of that, and it will help me with world building. So that's part of the reason I enjoyed this movie so much. That makes me happy. That makes me very happy. It made me feel like I needed to go on, like, kind of a vampire binge and, like, start watching more vampire. I think, like, once you start, it's hard to stop. It becomes an overwhelming genre because I was reading reviews on it and it compared it to other, like, works in vampire, you know, 
in that area. Like, so I feel like I have to go back and watch Buffy now. Because uh, I didn't really like Buffy, but, like, maybe everyone else loved it. I never saw it. It was, like, a, another cult classic. This movie was a good cult classic. I feel like Buffy is another vampire cult classic that I have to appreciate. Yeah, my next, well, my biggest goal is to make the next great vampire movie. Oh, wow. You're like yeah. life's work? Yeah, that's my life's That's going to be my magnum opus. I feel like it could be done. Can they speak in poetry? Can it be Shakespearean? It's possible. I, I'm, I have a story that's very flexible. I just, I feel like all of the emotions and everything is so dramatic for them to use like normal sentence structure it's just weird i'm gonna bend all the genres don't worry about it yay um what was your favorite scene i have a favorite scene my favorite scene oh oh well there the scene that stands out to me the most i'm not gonna spoil it if you haven't seen the movie but this movie was kind of emotional, more emotional than I thought it would be. But my favorite scene overall, I really like when they're playing piano. Yes. It was skillful. That was so good. It was satisfying. Tom Cruise is just playing piano, like, very dramatically. <laughs> yeah. Like, it comes naturally to him. And, of course, if you have hundreds of years under your belt I'm sure you have to pick up a couple of instruments but yeah just, again another thing that they did with this movie to enhance the vampiric feeling yes that should be a word to My maximize the vampiricness yes um my favorite scene I think was when Louis is lying on the like railing of their like apartments in France and yes I don't want to spoil like the crooks plot line but basically like he's kind of made up he's reached a point of no return as far as like moralism and vampires go um and he's just like you've killed me um but just like Brad Pitt as a vampire lying angstily on a railing is kind of like my mood board for this year so <laughs> It was so dramatic. That part yeah. reminded me of Castlevania. And yeah. I thought you would like that part too because when the dialogue between him and the other character in the scene, it's straight up poetry. It gives off really big Alucard vibes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the equivalent, I would say. That kind of um, hurt my heart, that, that scene. That scene. Yeah. This kind of goes for the movie overall. You don't really see movies and characters like that anymore. And of course, vampires are not super popular anymore. They kind of come and go every decade or two. They're evergreen, I feel like. Like, yeah, they go on, but they aren't a big genre. Yeah, they're not a huge... They're not like Harry Potter. Mm hmm But, um... Yeah, I, I really liked how dramatic these characters were. I don't even know how to describe it because there's dramatic characters out there, but like vampire dramatic, that's something different. Yeah. I will say, um, did you think that it was really horror though? Cause I feel like there were like, there's like maybe three jump scares in the movie and then there's like 
two really gory scenes but it's yeah. not like constant horror like I feel like most of it is just a drama it still counts as horror like hereditary is not constantly horror hereditary is pretty freaking horrifying it is horrifying but it's not about it's not about the amount that's in the movie it's about what is in the movie so yeah. it's still there it's still it, like it's scary I, it's a scary movie hereditary builds to maybe like the most horrifying sequence of events to reach me to like the most scared i have ever been from any horror movie ever whereas this movie i was never scared and there's like maybe three scary points okay then maybe it's not a good comparison and also you have higher tolerance because if you showed this movie to a kid they'd be scared for weeks they would yes i'm gonna be a terrible parent (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's less scary movies than this that go into the horror genre okay i had one more question for you other than that it was horror but now i can't remember it and it makes me sad they had a sequel to this movie, but don't watch it. It well, got the, a seventeen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. This movie got a sixty-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which I thought was sixty-three. Un- okay, right? I guess it was in the sixties. I made up a random. Yeah, I know. I'm being nitpicky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I thought that was about right. Like it wasn't a mind-blowing movie because it's kind of like older, and so the acting is maybe not everything that we are accustomed to now in the golden age of television but for a 1994 movie like the effects are really great and all of the costumes and sets and everything is really great so I think it stands out but neither of us are 90s movie experts and another thing I would say is definitely don't judge a movie by its score um, I know a lot of times whenever I'm looking for movies. They can be werewolves. Why aren't they werewolves? There are werewolves in Twilight. That's the whole point. It's a love triangle between a vampire, a werewolf, and a human. Okay. Well, why I'm going to they- be very upset if this is a cultural reset that you've totally missed out on. I have not the slightest understanding. You don't even remember the Team Jacob, Team Edward thing that was going on? I could not possibly give less of a fuck about that aspect of pop culture. So Twilight has a 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. As it deserves. The only two things that I don't care about at all are Twilight and that guy who wears a blonde wig in those that show that everyone likes. The Witch Hunter. The Witcher. The Witcher. (laughs) Oh, the wigs. I'm glad you brought that up. Oh, the wigs. We can talk about wigs. Yeah, uh, I laughed as soon as I saw Tom Cruise turn his head around. (laughs) Well, so apparently they, like, both grew out their hair for the movie. So were they, like... (laughs) No way. They did. They did grow out their hair. They probably also had, like, hair extensions or, like extra stuff going on but yeah that makes sense it makes it easier for them to put in a wig if their hair is longer yeah i guess i don't know but yeah 
I did think Tom Cruise's hair had this really great volume to it at some points in the movie. It made me really satisfied when they like brushed Louis's hair more because it looked really janky in the first half of the movie, but then it got shiny and I was like, thank God. His hair was always prettier than mine will ever be, I think. That's just not true. Can I make a, can, can we do a hair reveal for like the one person that we know who's watching? Yeah. Do it. I can't show my hair is blonde. Does that mean? Your hair is blonde. It's blonde. It's Lestat blonde. It's Lestat blonde. As blonde as Tom Cruise's wig, her hair (laughs) is. (laughs) That's the only way I'm going to describe it from now on. I really want that to be part of your hair reveal. My hair is now the color of Tom Cruise's wig. the interview with the vampire movie let me talk about antonio banderas's hair for okay, a second let's talk about antonio banderas real quick whenever he moves and he talks to louis his hair doesn't move at all <laughs> like, like it moves but it maintains its form so it's it's kind it's it's obviously it's attached to him but Is it, it it knows <laughs> what to do it's sentient and it's just staying there Uh, Far be it for me to criticize um, a writer who has created a very profitable and famous book series, but they never resolved any of the sexual tension between the gay male characters ever in the entire movie. And I was just like, why did I watch all of this? An interview with a vampire? Yes. I think they did. No, I think they did a fine job with it. He's just like, nah. I really like the domesticity of this movie. The domesticity of this movie? Obviously, that's not... Maybe that's not the first... When you think about vampires, but that's something I've never seen portrayed in any vampire. On what you mean? Like, it was... They had a kind of domestic way of living for a little while. That kind of peace. It was super refreshing. They adopt a daughter. Well, it's more messed up than that. Let me... Like, yeah, it's messed up, but it was nice for a while. It's they're they're a nice toxic gay couple with a young um captive but not fabulous daughter for like a heartbeat there. It's nice. There's a bond though. There's a bond. You know, just a couple of gay vampires in nineteen hundreds new orleans with their daughter 1800s i mean okay the time periods in the movie are tricky because it starts in the 1700s and it goes to the 1990s but yeah okay i think that's all we have for this and stay tuned for the rest of our very spooky movie reviews coming to you very soon yay have a happy halloween yep see y'all next episode (laughs) 